Welcome to the European Vascular Podcasts. This month's editor's choice is Five-year outcomes of the endurance stent graft for endovascular abdominal aortic aneurysm repair in the engaged registry by Dr. T. Jink and colleagues. The authors have analyzed the five-year results of EVAR patients treated with endurance stent graft included in the ENGAGE registry. ENGAGE is an observational, non-randomized, prospective, international, multi-center, all-comer registry. Centers are encouraged to consecutively enroll patients, or at least blocks of five patients, as described in the paper. 79 centers from 30 countries in six continents have participated in the registry. Inclusion criteria were very open, and they included patients treated within and out of instructions for use. They only excluded patients who would be likely to skip the follow-up protocol or who were participating in another trial that might confound results. As a simple registry, enrollment did not imply any changes in the local clinical practice or follow-up programs, so follow-up was varied with CT scan, ultrasound or magnetic resonance imaging when deemed appropriate. There was, however, registry monitoring, with endpoints reviewed and an independent clinical event committee adjudicating deaths and major adverse events within 30 days. This study includes a total of 1,263 patients enrolled from March 2009 to April 2011. Compliance with clinical and imaging follow-up was 87.8% and 73.7% at 5 years respectively. Almost 90% of the patients were men, with a mean age of 73 years, ranging from 43 to 93 years. Almost 18%, that is 224 of the endurance endographs, were implanted outside instructions for use. The technical and clinical success rates were 99% and 97.6% respectively, with a 30-day mortality of 1.3%. At five years, there was an incidence of type 1A endo leaks of 4.8%, of type 1B endo leaks of 4.1%, of type 3 endo leaks of 2.6%, and of any endo leak of 31.4%. There were only two migrations out of the 1,263 implants, one occurring in year 4 and another occurring just beyond the fifth year mark. The most interesting detail in Table 1 in the paper is that the risk of events does not cluster at the beginning or at the end of the follow-up period, but the risk persists quite steadily year after year. For example, two stent graft kinkings occurred in the first year of follow-up, two in the second year, none in the third year, one in the fourth, and two in the fifth year. Or five type 1 endoleaks appeared during the first year, 10 during the second year, 10 during the third, 12 during the fourth, and nine during the fifth year. Something similar happens with type 2 and type 3 endoleaks. Stem graft occlusion or stenoses seem to occur mostly during the first year, but the risk, although small, persists year after year for the first five years, as reported in this study. This highlights the need for ongoing surveillance throughout the lifetime of the patient, as the risk of endograft-related events never really disappears. It would have been interesting if the authors had stratified the results by indication within or out of instructions for use to see if the incidence of events varies between them. Intuitively, benign anatomy would be likely to yield very good results and lead to the need for less intensive or persistent surveillance. Overall survival of this cohort 
was 67.4% at five years, with freedom from aneurysm-related mortality of 97.8%. 75% of the aneurysm-related deaths occurred during the first year. Given that every two in three EVA patients live longer than five years, which is a good thing, considering elective aneurysm repair is a prophylactic surgery, the report of the 10 or 15-year results will be important to assess the true service rendered to the patients. 1.4% of the patients ruptured during the follow-up period, and 2.1% were converted to open repair. Almost 16% of the patients received a secondary procedure, mostly because of type 1 or type 2 endoleaks, followed by stent graft occlusion or stenosis. Almost 90% of the aneurysm sacs were stable or smaller after 5 years. There is no doubt that over the last 20 years, technology has improved, experience is much greater, the learning curve has been overcome, and global results have improved. The results described in this paper are limited mainly by possible selection bias, as it is impossible to know how many or what kind of patients might have failed to be included in the registry, and diverse and incomplete imaging follow-up, which could underestimate graft-related complications. Still, the take-home message is positive, with reliable midterm results of the technique. We will await the 10-year results. I invite you to read the full text paper in the August 2019 issue of the European Journal of Vascular and Endovascular Surgery, Volume 58, pages 175 to 181. It is an editor's choice, so it is open access for everyone. Until our next podcast, have a great day. Thank you.